This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We have been so blessed with our guests this morning, and we are blessed again with our next guest, gentleman from Sioux Falls, Mark Kanzemius. He's a friend of Real Presence Radio. We're grateful to have him this morning. Good morning, Mark. Uh, good morning, Mark. Good to hear your voice. Thank you. Good to hear you too. We hope people won't get confused by Mark to Mark. <laughs> but uh, so I, I may just refer to you as Mr. Kanzemius. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, uh, Mark work. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah. Mark, can you just share a little bit about yourself, your connection to, uh, I mean, Real Presence Radio, but to just the Diocese of Sioux Falls? Sure. Thank you. Uh, 28 years ago, my wife Jeannie and I took a journey in faith. Uh, much like Joseph <laughs> and Mary on their way to Bethlehem, um, we came here to Sioux Falls. We had lived in Tucson, Arizona, Denver, Colorado, and uh, the former bishop, now Arch- Archbishop Emeritus of St. Louis, uh, Archbishop Carlson, got my name from somebody, and we knew somebody, and um, we ended up here in Sioux Falls, and haven't regretted it a bit. It's just been terrific. Um, back then, I started as the it's called the Executive Director of the Catholic Community Foundation for Eastern South Dakota, and today I am still, now we call it President, I'm still with the Catholic Community Foundation, and it's just been very enjoyable, full of a lot of blessings and graces. Awesome, and you mentioned Archbishop, uh, oh my gosh, I just blanked on his name. Carlson, Carlson, thank you, who was in, uh, you know, I'm connecting St. Louis, even though he's retired because he went from Sioux Falls, then to Michigan, then to St. Louis. Uh, yeah. And yeah. the Sikh conference I referred to earlier is in St. Louis. So there's too much meshing in my mind right now, Mark. Too much meshing. Yeah. Um, but we go, from, we go from Archbishop to uh, Bishop, Bishop Swain, and this is a part of what uh, we're about this morning. So thanks for your time this morning, because you worked a number of years with Bishop Swain, who just recently passed away. Is that correct? Yeah, and uh, Mark, you know, one of the beautiful things of not only working for, but, um, you know, it's all about, it works all about relationship with Jesus Christ, it's, it's relationship with each other, and through that uh, experience and God's love for us, and, and Bishop Swain became a good friend of the family. Um, my wife actually became the daughter that Bishop Swain never had, Okay, and, uh, and, and, and so we were blessed to be able to get to know him well. He married our daughter. It was the only marriage he did as a bishop, and uh, he actually baptized our granddaughter. Um, it, was, it was just really a beautiful relationship. On holidays, you know, if, uh, if folks haven't thought about it, you, you know, you realize holidays can be really lonely for priests, and bishops don't even have a parish. So often Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter, he would end up at our home. And uh, we got to know him on a really personal level, which really has been a great blessing to us. Well, and I, I appreciate just that even th- that short, quick shout out of we need to be present to our priests and our bishops. They're, they're human. Yeah. They're very human. Um, Absolutely. And I've, I've heard I've heard so many good things about Bishop Swain. I've heard he's just very um, he was very approachable. He was easy to get along with. But can you share? I mean, obviously, you know him well. Can you give us a little background on who Bishop Swain was? Yeah, I think, Mark, what, what made Bishop Swain so relatable is uh, the fact that uh, the reality that life is messy for all of us. You know, it doesn't go the way we plan, rarely. And 
and how God is in the midst of all that. And uh, he, it's really hard to imagine, but Bishop Swain uh, really didn't know his, his father, um, barely knew his mother until he was in his 70s. Uh, his grandparents raised him. His father was in World War II, and when he came back, there was a lot of strain, and so his grandparents uh, to try to help support the parents, hoping that it would work, but they ended up in the divorce. And so raised by grandparents, um, ended up in, and he was in, from New York, and ended up in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, got a political science degree. He uh, went to the Vietnam War in the Air Force Intelligence, and so he's a Vietnam War vet. He's on the plane on the way back home to the United States, and he's told, you know, take off anything, any of your military uh, clothing um, when you land. You're just not going to want to be associated with the military at that point. Because it was the 1960s, and there was a lot of anti-war feeling. And so he understands wow. um, yeah. the human condition, right? And then he ended up getting a law degree, and, and then there was a really... Uh, uh, unconventional and <clears throat> underfunded gubernatorial campaign in Wisconsin. This guy was a chancellor at the University of Wisconsin Stevens Point, a small university, uh, Lee Dreyfus, and uh, he ran for governor. He ended up winning, and uh, Bishop uh, Swain was very involved in in that, and, and Dreyfus recognized his skills, and so he asked him to be his legal counsel and his director of policy. And once, and he was a very popular governor, but. Uh, Governor Dreyfus's wife didn't want didn't like the public limelight and didn't want him to run again. So all of a sudden, Bishop Swain, he's 40 years old, wondering what to do, and um, maybe even 39 at that point. But um, he said to the governor, he said, I've got this nagging thought in my mind about priesthood, but it's so weird because I'm not even Catholic. Oh, and wow. Governor Dreyfus, who wasn't Catholic either, said, you know, you really need to honor that. You need to check it out, because if you don't, you'll always wonder. And so... Bishop Swain said it was as simple as going to the cathedral there in Madison and sitting in the back and fumbling through a missalette trying to figure out what was going on. And, but the more he learned, the more he grew to love the faith. And he said, when I realized body, body blood, soul, divinity of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, he said, how, how could I say no to that? So he became Catholic at the age of 40, and that nagging feeling of priesthood did not go away, even after joining the Church. So then he went... Uh, into seminary, it's a seminary out uh, out east, which is kind of particularly geared for sort of second vocations, and became a priest. And early on, uh, the bishop of Madison saw, again saw the talents, so he became vicar general quickly, and, and had uh, he was rector of the cathedral there. And when he was rector, uh, a homeless person uh, was just wanting to get out of the cold and got up in the choir loft of the cathedral and started a fire to stay warm. And that fire caught the wood, and uh, oh, no. these big wood beams in that cathedral, it just went up that quickly. And it was a sad, sad time for Bishop Swain, because the cathedral literally burnt down on his watch. And um, he was out looking at other cathedrals to see what to do, and he was in Salt Lake City, Utah, when he got the call from Epstein Nuncio of Pope uh, Benedict, and said, you know, we Benedict would like you to be the bishop of Sioux Falls. And in his humble, quiet way, he was like, who, me, what? You know, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I think yeah. I was 40, and I haven't even been a priest that long, let alone a Catholic. And, you know, what do I, me, and I've never been to South Dakota. So um, 
his first time in South Dakota is when he came to meet um, the press, right, to meet the chancery staff. Sure, for the, like a press conference introduced. type thing? Yeah. Yeah, can you imagine? So I've, I've been rambling there a little bit, but I just want to give you a picture of of this man who was uh, he's very humble. Um, but it, he, you know, he said we need to speak the truth, but always with charity. And I think that that just came through in how he carried himself. There was this beautiful kind of peace, peacefulness about him. Those of us who work for him, I got to be honest with you, frustrated many times because we want to make a decision, need to make a decision. We're feeling the pressure of the clock, and he would say, you know, we just need to consider all angles because we're going to be judged not just on next year, ten years, twenty years from now. We're going to be judged on eternity. So let's make the right. Make sure we're making the right decision. Drove me crazy, <laughs> but over sure. time, I just learned to appreciate and value that perspective. And um, yeah, I miss him. Uh, you know, he's only been gone now for it'll be a week. It's coming Saturday, but I miss him so much already, and just so grateful. And you know, I just hope these really valuable life lessons I can will carry on through myself and those of us who are influenced by it. Yeah. Well, it, it's fascinating. And, and I appreciate you said you're rambling on, but I, I loved it because it, for us, it's an encounter, an encounter with the man. You know, we could jump onto the different sites and we'll read about it. But what we get is, you know, I'm looking at it, you know, Bishop Swain served as the eighth bishop of the Diocese of Sioux Falls from 2006 to 2020 when he was succeeded by, succeeded by Bishop DeGroote. During his time in the diocese, Bishop oversaw the restoration of the cathedral. Interesting, the irony of the cathedral, right? The, the creation yeah. of Bishop Dudley Hospitality House, the building of the permanent home for the Adoration Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament. So it just, it, it glosses over, right? These major events, and actually I want to come on the other side of the break. We'll take a break here in a couple of minutes, Mark, but on the other side of it, I want to get into some of the, some of those are those big deals yeah. now for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. They really are. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. oh, go ahead. And, and I would say, Mark, you know, as humble and uh, and he really was painfully shy, and he's in this very public position, and yet he he realized how important that position was. He related very well to Pope Benedict. Uh, mm. How ironic! Pope Benedict, you know, is one is his second assignment of any bishop in the world was this one, and he he related to him because he could see how Pope Benedict was more of an intellectual and not public figure, but. He put himself out there because the office of the bishop is so important, and it's important to be out with the people. And so it it was work. And these big projects are not things he would normally seek out, but he knew for the good of the people, of the faithful, for the good of the gospel message, these are things we needed to do. Well, it's what it called for. It's not just the duty called for, but more than just the duty. Like, this is for the sanctification of his people, of his flock. You know, and I, Mark, I love your comment. Uh, about him in the story that he shared as far as how it drove you nuts um, because that is such a sign of our times the deadlines and you know where you're yeah. feeling pushed and pressured and when someone's operating on God's time it can really it's so needed we need it so bad but it can really drive us nuts <laughs> it's like oh come on yeah. you know uh, but gosh what wisdom we can learn from that um, and in the end uh, you know not that this is everything but look what he accomplished it was you know i love the line that mother Teresa speaks to you're called to be faithful not successful and yet the irony maybe it's not ironic but ironic to me it is often with those who are most faithful the success that follows it is incredible 
You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think those who, like himself, he's the reluctant bishop, never aspired to be a bishop. Never in a million years thought he would be. You know, he never went to a Catholic school, of course. And uh, it was not a canon lawyer. He was a civil lawyer. But here he was. And um, and God works through us. And, and he had, you know, one of our last conversations um, before he was in the hospital, we had several in the hospital, too, but he talked about, literally said, my, my family is so dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. But I think it helped him, again, to understand and relate to others. He, he would always remind me, Mark, don't ever forget the person you're interacting with. You have no idea what their day is like, what they're going through, what challenges or pains or joys that they may be experiencing. So we need to be empathetic to other people. Mark, thank you so much. We got, we got to jump to a break right now. On the other side of this break, I want to come back. We're talking to Mark Conzemius from the Diocese of Sioux Falls. We're talking about Bishop Swain, who had recently just passed away. So more about Bishop Swain from Mark on the other side of the break on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Radio is available on Google Assistant devices, including Google Home, phones, tablets, and smart displays. To start this action, say something like, Okay, Google, talk to Real Presence Radio. It will then ask what station you want to play, to which you can respond, Play Sioux Falls, or Play AM 970, or Play WWEN. From there, you can use words like Play, Pause, and Stop. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere, on Google Assistant devices. God made you for a purpose. He made you to accomplish some great work. What did he make you for? What were you really made to do? Realize your vocation with a degree designed for the Catholic professional. The University of Mary offers online undergraduate and graduate degrees steeped in the Catholic intellectual tradition. Start today in business, nursing, bioethics, education, counseling, applied theology, and more at catholicprofessional.life. This is Father Anthony Craig from the Diocese of Duluth. Being a priest is a great joy in my life, and I love especially the celebration of Holy Mass, where there is the sacrifice of Jesus once again displayed before us, that we are informed by it, and it changes our life. Over time, the grace of the Lord actually gives us joy. And as a priest, to celebrate that sacrament, the sacrament of the Eucharist for people, and to bring God from the altar down to others and to give them the Eucharist is a great joy in my life. And as I distribute communion, I ask the Lord to bless each of the people that come up to receive the host. And I thank God for the great gift of the priesthood, which gradually came to me. It was not all at once, but over time I realized that the Lord was giving me the desire and ability to be a priest and to be a man in Christ, a man of the church, and a man for others. And he eventually showed me that that was the true joy, that where my deep gladness met the world's great need, and that is the essence of a vocation. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are in our last uh, few minutes of this morning's uh, programming for Presence Live. I'm your host, Mark Holcraft. I'm talking to Mark Kenzemius from the Diocese of Sioux Falls. 
Eastern South Dakota. Um, it's a blessing, Mark, having you and have, hearing you share of Bishop Swain. Um, just before the break, we briefly talked about some of, some pretty major projects that were under his leadership, and I know you were pretty intimately involved with some of those details, one of which we mentioned the restoration of the Cathedral of St. Joseph. And I think it'd be great just to, to hear um, what, were, what were some of these projects, what was behind them? If you could share, that'd be great. Yeah, as you might imagine, Mark, when you are assigned uh, a diocese as a bishop, you inherit projects that already were begun. And uh, in this case, the restoration of the cathedral, it was something that Archbishop Carlson had started. Um, and it's a, it's a really substantial project in all, I think, $35 million, but it's across probably 15 years of time. Some of that delayed because of the change in bishop. And um, we're blessed to produce this really wonderful annual concert called Christmas at the Cathedral. And it was shortly after he was installed as our bishop, and he introduced the concerts, and I would talk about, you know, welcome everybody to this magnificent, beautiful cathedral, and he said he'd look around and he'd see plaster peeling, and he was worried it was going to fall on people, and electrical wiring was in really bad shape, it's 100 years old, and as we mentioned earlier, the cathedral in Madison had burnt down, so he was felt very responsible, and uh, said, we got to get into this next stage, which was the interior. And the exterior had been taken care of. Now we got to do the interior. And he was really particular to make sure this was not the best idea of what a church should look like by Paul Swain in, you know, the year 2011 at the time, 2010. Uh, he said this needs to be um, what this was intended. So it's not a uh, renovation, it's a restoration. Went to great pains to find the blueprints from Emmanuel Masquerade, the original architect of our cathedral also was the architect of the Cathedral of St. Paul and the Co-Cathedral of St. Mary in the Twin Cities. Uh, extraordinary architect. And so um, it was restored as he intended, and some of the things that he intended did not get completed back uh, over 110 years ago now. And so we restored them the way he would have wanted them in those blueprints. And um, he often was, you'd find him praying, in the construction, praying the rosary, it's really, you know, praying for inspiration from the Lord that let what we do really gives honor and glory to God, and it's the right thing to do. Um, there are extraordinary pieces of, of sculpture that, that were done. Uh, he was particular about above the cathedra, the bishop's chair. Uh, up above it is the washing, Jesus washing the feet of Peter. And it's this beautiful depiction of servant leadership. Absolutely. And how he believes a bishop should lead as a servant, be willing to wash the feet of the people that you're leading and serving. And, and so um, it's amazing. We talked about it being an evangelist in stone. And we're fortunate that our cathedral sits up on a hill high above the city. It's lit up at night. You can see it from a lot of different places. And when you fly into the city, it's very prominent, too. So it really is a beacon of hope. It's a civic landmark as well, and uh, in this day and age, it's more and more secular. We find people are inquisitive. They go to see the falls, and they're in the, over, the Outlook Tower, and they see the cathedral spires, and they come over here. They want to see what this is, and they come inside, and, and they see all this beautiful artwork, which speaks to the beauty um, of God. And, and I have a quote here. He said, we invite all to come here on pilgrimage and to seek to satisfy the yearning for the holy, 
discover meaning in the midst of trial, even fear, and to experience the peace that comes from knowing Jesus Christ as Lord, Savior, and friend. I mean, that was his mission as he restored this beautiful cathedral. Well, Mark, one of the things I, I, I love when I drive through Sioux Falls, I'm coming down Interstate 29 and I could see, you know, I, I could see the two peaks, right? And it, it is beautiful. And I pointed out, if I'm with my kids, my wife, I, I pointed out every time, you know, we've been there to mass uh, plenty of times and it's, it's just as beautiful inside as it is on the outside. I mean, and as you spoke to its beauty, um, it's marvelous. You know, um, you also talked about his creation um, or not his, but the work in creation with the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House. Yeah. Um, can you share a little bit about that? You bet. We, we had, you know, as the city of Sioux Falls is, has been so fortunate to, to grow economically, uh, we also have more and more need for services for, for those in need. And the homeless population was getting larger and larger. And in the winter, when it got so cold, Salvation Army would open up its gym. But um, men, women, young people, uh, and they were just on the f- this gym floor. It was not safe. It wasn't appropriate, and there was one bathroom. And so the, the mayor came in dire need and to Bishop. Somebody needed to oversee this problem and, and to address it. And so somewhat reluctantly, but saying, no, we need to take care of this, Bishop Swain took it over. Um, we didn't know what it was going to be named till it was open, but it was a really, it was a nine-month period. We purchased a building and went out and raised the funds really quickly and uh, opened it nine months later, and it's named after the former Bishop Dudley, who spent a lot of time um, setting up a feeding ministry and uh, kind of a temporary shelter for people. So it's, the emergency homeless shelter, the Dudley House, has been a great gift to the community. And then I would just say one other thing quickly is Please that do. we're blessed to have a, a community of sisters who, whose charism is dedicated to Eucharistic adoration. It's awesome, adoration sisters, prayer. yeah. Yeah. And so uh, they were in a temporary home, and he inherited, you know, these sisters, but also the fact that they had no permanent home. And so there was a lot of conversation, but in the end it was just turned, let's have them, let's build a permanent home here on the campus of the cathedral. So you not only have this beautiful worship space, but you also know that this community of sisters uh, who are, in, you know, um, isolated here uh, in their cloister, but they're here praying for us 24-7, and they welcome prayer requests. So it's a, it really is the completion, not ever completed, but it really, um, in a way, makes the cathedral whole. Yeah. That Eucharistic adoration there all the time. Well, in... Are these the sisters that, you know, I've been the master a few times on Sundays, too. Are these the sisters that are often sitting in the very front pews during, yes, like, a Sunday Mass? Sundays, yep. Uh, Monday through uh, Saturday, it's in there, the chapel. But on Sunday, they come over to the cathedral in the bright red. What, it, it, yeah, it's such a beautiful witness. <laughs> Mark, we got to take just a, a moment. Uh, we're going to break away for a preview for tomorrow. And then when we come back, we'll have just a minute or two left. And then um, I want to, I want to just, we want to promote when the funeral is going to be, but uh, I'm going to pass it back to Teresa Curley, who's going to give us a little preview for tomorrow or uh, Monday's program. On the next Real Presence Live, Monday from 9 to 11 Central, Brandon Clark and John Clark are your hosts coming to you live from the Fargo studio. They will visit with Patrick McGuire about how to enter into Advent through liturgical music. 
Then, Father Andrew Young from the Diocese of Sioux Falls will share his vocation story from the military to the priesthood. All this and much more on the next Real Presence Live, Monday from 9 to 11 Central. Back to you. Awesome. Thank you, Teresa. Uh, Mark, thanks for letting us take just a, a moment's break there. Um, I know there's more things that Bishop Swain was known for and did, but I, I really appreciate your synopsis, just who he was as a man, even his final words, as you said, at least in your last interaction with him, referring and reflecting back upon his family. I mean, I'm sure just a man praying for his family. And just yeah. so it goes for so many of us, like our ties to our family and what a witness to keep the family in our hearts until until our dying yeah. day. Um, yeah. His, his funeral, can you give us the date, the time, yeah. where it will be at? The, the funeral was this Saturday, and uh, on De- uh, December 3rd, in the Cathedral here of St. Joseph at 10 a.m., uh, Archbishop Hebda, the Archbishop of St. Paul, Minneapolis, will preside at the Mass. There's 10 other bishops who will be in attendance as well. Um, it will be live-streamed, so you can go to the, the Diocese of Sioux Falls website, and you can click on there, and it'll be live-streamed. You can also watch a recording of it later. And there's also a memorial service uh, his body will be lying in state after the noon mass here tomorrow at the cathedral at 1 p.m. Uh, anybody can come to the visitation beginning at 1 and 6.30. There'll be a memorial service that Bishop DeGreed, our ordinary now, a bishop will be leading that. And the homily will be by <clears throat> the rector, Father Morgan, on Friday night at the beginning at 6.30. Excellent. And I know you had mentioned it, it'd be live streamed that people can tune in. Through your website, you could also go to YouTube, if I understand right, uh, just for yeah. some, if just it's easier for them to access that, yep. uh, 10 a.m. And we'll be also, uh, we'll be airing it on Real Presence Radio. Oh, wonderful. Uh, I think we're tapping into, we're tapping into you guys, live streaming it, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, terrific. So thank you for that. And Mark, thanks for your time this morning. Um, as always, it goes by very fast, but thank you. Um, what a gift, what a gift. And thank you for your ministry um, with, uh, with the diocese that you're working with. Um, I know certainly uh, there's a familiarity for me and our work with you and your, you guys' support and encouragement of Real Presence Radio uh, in the Sioux Falls area. So I really appreciate your work and your ministry, Mark. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. God bless you. Merry Christmas. And as Bishop's Episcopal model says, Give praise to the Lord. Amen. We'll end with that. Then Give Real pra- Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.